Hey everyone, I'm Johnny. I'm Victoria. Welcome to Tasty Pages, a podcast from Cooking the Books. Each week, we'll discuss a featured cookbook. And we'll rank each book in a variety of categories, including food photography and styling, degree of difficulty, and of course, taste. This week's featured cookbook is... Shook by Enot Admoni and Jana Gurr. Hi, Johnny. Hello, Victoria. How are you? I am exhausted. I hear you. For reasons that we will reveal shortly. But man, this has been an exhausting day. It's been an exhausting it's, week. It started with a hangover from last night. And then, porch wine. Yep. With some neighbors. Yes. So, and then yeah. turned into a three-mile run. You did the running. I did not run. the heat and humidity that we are currently experiencing. And then went to the gym. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then there's just like lots of chores today. Yes. So yeah. How are you? I'm tired as well. Yeah. But I'm happy. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. So we, we have some big news. Should we reveal our news well, first? Yeah. Because re- it's, it's kind of a, a life changing event. It is. So we are moving from Chicago where we've lived for 20 years back to our hometowns of Minneapolis. Um very shortly, like by the end of the month. Yes. So if things have appeared a little scattered, at least as far as like the podcast schedule goes, that's uh, one reason because we've been kind of dealing with this for a couple months, um, getting our house ready to sell. You know, you just forget how much for anyone who like has ever sold their house, you forget how much work it is yes. and the amount of stuff that you accumulate yes is insane and we are going to be going from a house to an apartment yeah because we're getting older and we're just kind of like i don't want to shovel i don't want to do yard work yeah i mean so we i mean we are making some sacrifices you know like we're we're gonna be in an apartment which yeah, you're I'm, making it sound like Apartment, I think, has a weird connotation to it. It's it's a condo. Yeah, it is. And it and it's got like a beautiful kitchen. So, uh, oh, don't get me wrong. I'm super excited. Oh, yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. Move into this. I just wanted place. to clarify. It makes it sound like because this move was inspired by uh, our desire to get uh, back to Minneapolis and closer to our friends and family. Uh, Victoria's best friend mm-hmm. lives there. Um, yep. And she had lived in New York for many, many years. Mm-hmm. I've seen because she travels a lot for work. Um, so I've seen and I've gone to New York and I've seen her, you know, a handful of times throughout the years. And I mean, we talk, but like just knowing that I can call her up and be like, hey, girl, let's go get some wine. You know, like that's important. It, I, I, I can't tell you it feels like like a piece of my heart is coming back to me. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm getting like really, (laughs) but also, uh, I have a younger brother who lives in Minneapolis with his family. And then my mother is still alive and lives in the house that I grew up with in a suburb of Minneapolis. So we, we had an interest in getting back there. The pandemic obviously kind of put those plans on hold, but then, um, kind of coming out of this, and with the housing market being as hot as it is, not only just in Chicago, but like all throughout the country, really, um, it just made sense. Like, yeah. So this is all we're moving for good reasons. It's not for anything bad or or sad or anything like we're, that. We're super excited to yeah. like start another chapter in our lives. Like it's it's going to be fun. Yep. And the place where we're living on the ground floor, it, there's this. Uh, it's a global marketplace. Yeah, and it's full of shops and food stalls. Um, there's like an arepa bar. There's uh, Indian food. There's a brewery. There's a sushi. There's multiple taquerias. Barbecue. Barbecue, Moroccan, Cambodian. Yeah. Thai food. Um, there's this. Uh, there's an indigenous food lab, which um, uh, you can visit, and it. Uh, I want to check it out. Yeah. I don't know much about it because I obviously have not been there, but I think it just, it's, you know, it tells you it's about indigenous cooking and like using resources and stuff like that. So, yeah. so fear not, you probably won't see much 
difference uh, you know, on the Instagram page moving forward because we do work ahead on cookbooks. So we've got plenty of material uh, ready to share. Yeah. So uh, you know, we're committed to still doing that. Um, we're talking about doing more like video content because that definitely seems to be um, the way to continue to grow our following and and yeah the algorithm the, like instagram's algorithm just doesn't work for photos anymore yeah. now they want like reels and or like post your tiktok i feel like whatever. they frequently move the goalposts. they do to, so but uh yeah so it's it's all for good reasons we're very excited uh but it's obviously like a big life-changing event so we figured we'd uh finally ready to share um, I'm really excited about the place that we will be living in and the kitchen is gorgeous. So yep. once we are set up and start sharing video content, you'll, you'll see it as well. So stay tuned. Oh, wait. And here's one thing. Yes. Here's, please. here's one thing that, so usually we hang out in the backyard, like we'll have fire pits or whatever and have friends come over in the, in the past, like f- couple months we've been doing porch wines like we'll invite our neighbors over and sit on our front porch sit on the front porch and drink wine and have conversations and it's super fun like our yeah. neighborhood is really there's so many people walking their dogs at night yeah. and it's just nice to be able to see your neighbors and why oh why did we wait <laughs> so long to to hang out on the front porch at night i don't know i know i'm gonna miss that porch but yeah i mean we live in a very like kind of uh neighborhood vibe in Chicago. Um, I know a lot of people have like their own like perceptions of Chicago because if your only exposure to it is what you see on the news, you'd think that we're getting shot at every night, which, you know, sadly does occur. Yes. But not in our neighborhood usually. So, (laughs) um, yeah, so it's a very like kind of it almost has like a very residential kind of feel and, and there's you know always people out walking dogs and hanging out so yeah so we've been hanging out on the porch at night putting on a little music invite some friends over and uh you know at dusk you'll see people walk by say hi to them it's a great way to kind of get to know some of the other people in the neighborhood that we don't know and uh i yeah. think you just basically repeated everything <laughs> I just what else is new <laughs> You're so cute. That's, that's that's the whole premise of this show. <laughs> you say something, I'm not listening, and then I just repeat what you say. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Onward and upward. Yes. Oh, you know what? Uh, in this process of uh, selling our home, downsizing, simplifying our life, we had to sadly say goodbye to our beloved Weber Grill and Weber Smoky Mountain Smoker, which have oh. been the source of literally like hundreds and hundreds of delicious meals. And I got that smoker for you for, it was either a birthday gift or... Oh my God. And we've had it. We've had both for decades. Yes. We've moved them several times, but at our new place, we just are not going to have a need for it. Nope. And uh, I think of all the things that we purged (laughs) in our house. I mean, we... We quite literally have sold probably half the contents of our house, like furniture, tools, random art. stuff. Art, I've lots donated of art. like three quarters Clothing. of my clothes. Yeah. Like I, I just, you know, like I don't want We We got all stuff. Marie Kondo with we our did. lives. I think and that's her name. Yes. I've not watched that show, watched I, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We should probably watch that. But we'll just hop on that reference. We're doing it backwards. Yeah. We should have watched that first. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I guess we've said enough about that. But uh, yeah, so that's that's what we're doing. What are we drinking right now? Um, We are drinking bourbon that is mixed with a truly peach iced tea. Our uh, beloved friend and neighbor down the street operates an Airbnb. And uh, one of her guests that just checked out left her with almost a, a full 12 pack of the truly hard tea, hard iced tea, mm-hmm. which I've been kind of leaning into these summer months and, and really enjoying. It really like, is a summer thing for yeah, you because you don't totally drink it during the winter. And they, and they come in a variety of flavors. And uh, she was generous enough to pass them along to me because she didn't want them. So thanks 
Thanks, Missy. Yeah. Thanks, thanks guests that are Airbnb. <laughs> I mean, who goes to an Airbnb and buys like a 12 pack and then drinks like two or three of them? Well, I mean, they're on vacation and all. Well, and Missy said that they left her like a full bottle of tequila too, yeah. which I mean, I guess they wanted to get their party pants on, but I, they just, they were probably, they had the intention of pre-gaming <laughs> and just didn't do much pre-gaming <laughs> and then just got like really drunk at whatever bars they visited or yeah. something. So, but yeah. Thanks to them. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, most importantly, what's for dinner tonight? For dinner, we are having chickpea and riced cauliflower curry from Dada Eats. We Which, have been working on this book yes. for like three weeks. <laughs> yeah, so behind the scenes, things have been a little slower moving as far as uh, working through cookbooks. Uh, you, you probably wouldn't notice it from our feed because we still post every day. Um, we've from been, the previous cookbooks, but we've been doing lots of rustle ups yes. and takeout and just stuff that like we can, yeah, stuff that we can whip up. Yeah. So uh, there, there you go. Uh, you want to move on to the show topic? Sure. Oh, before we do that, <laughs> man, so much <laughs> you, to talk about. You can't let this nugget of gold oh, go. Oh God, this is going to be like a two hour episode. <laughs> okay. So we recently discovered, and this is funny because it's like almost a 10 year old show. No, more than that. Jesus. 20 year old show. Uh, my restaurant rules and any of our listeners in Australia or New Zealand will probably be familiar with this uh, because it's based in Australia. It ran for two seasons from 2004. Uh, season one, which is kind of what we're in the middle of. It's available uh, on Amazon Prime. Yes. For uh, free. Hosted by Curtis Stone. Everyone knows him. Uh, the series pits five couples, one each from Australia's five largest cities, to compete against each other in opening a successful restaurant. Sounds sounds enticing. It's it, I, I have mixed feelings about it. It's very entertaining to watch. It is entertaining, but sometimes I'm just like, what are you doing? Tip number one, don't go into a space to do demo wearing flip-flops and a yes. skirt. I'm, I'm just amazed by how inappropriately these people are dressing for the job at hand. Yes. Like, no. And uh, it's, it's a bit long. I think it ran for two seasons and it's like 68 episodes. I mean, it was wildly popular Can in you Australia. How much it costs to make that I thing? know. Like, holy cannoli. And there was definitely like a curiosity factor while the show was running. So these restaurants were getting visited by like throngs of people and they were like busy every night. And, they, and a lot of it was just... I think people showing up just to kind of see what all the the attention was about. They want to be on camera. Yes. And then there are also the people who think they need to add their two cents in. Yeah. And like, go, Let me tell you what you're doing wrong. Go up to the contestants <laughs> and like just give them the what for on whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. So it's an entertaining, I, 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 what am I trying to say? I, I can't be like, this show is awesome because it's not, but it's it's entertaining. If you're having a drink or two and you just want something kind of mindless to watch, like most reality TV, I feel give, like it, we're give it a watch. I feel like we're so invested in it now oh that I have to find out who wins. And we're probably like a third of the way through like episode here, 20 or something. I was thinking it was going to be like 12 episodes. Oh. Nope. Yeah. But uh, it's 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 a wild ride, and it's crazy though because like one of the restaurants gets burgled, it's get it gets broken into, yeah, and there's like a car chase. I mean, they don't show the car chase, but like the owner finds one of the other burglar cars somewhere on the street, and oh, yeah. it, it it's banana pants. There's lots of drama. Um, all right, so let's move into the show topic for this week, which was favorite smell related to food. And uh, we got a lot of good answers from this yes. that people shared. Uh, why don't you start with uh, the first one? Um, at the Spaghetti Podcast said, I love the smell of blueberry pancakes. Blueberry pancakes have been a hot topic on our uh, podcast the last few times. Um, not me. I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I I, lo- I actually that that is a really nice smell. Yeah. I think blueberry pancakes and blueberry muffins are a great smell. I can picture it right mm-hmm. now. Uh, I'm gonna butcher this name. Uh, Praga to Seigel. 
I hope I'm pronouncing it right. I don't know. Uh, when curry leaves hit hot oil, that is a good one. Or I would even go so far as to say like any kind of spice mixture when you temper it in those yes. in that hot oil. Yes, and it oil. just fills your entire oh, kitchen. So aromatic. Yes. That's a good one. Um, at um, uh, Marshallone's said roasted chicken. Classic. Oh, and, and when it's like just near done and you can smell it in the oven mm-hmm. and all of your salivary glands just kick in. Yeah. It's that is a really good choice. Yep. Uh at Maxwell Gregory 2018 said coffee. Does that count? Yes. Sure. It does. Absolutely. Um and then cookies baking in the oven. I can smell it right now. Right. Yeah. You know what's funny is like um throughout like my college years I worked in coffee shops and it was always one of my favorite things to open the shop first thing in the morning and you're just hit with this wave of coffee smell and then like as the day goes on you're just you just kind of become immune to it because you always smell like it too so you're just like eh and, you know, you'll be around someone. They'll be like, what smells like coffee? When I was 16 and worked at Godfather's Pizza, I would, uh, you know, g- go to a party afterward, like a high school party. <laughs> and then I, I was always the guy that smelled like onions and garlic or something. <laughs> what and, smells like pizza? Yeah. And I'd just like cower in the corner and not talk to anyone. I was, I was always a kid that smelled like pizza. Well, anytime you work in a kitchen, like you just uh, walking out of there with the day's stink on you yeah. is horrible. Um, okay. Lee D said sauteed garlic. Ah, mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, our friend Mimi M said vanilla. Perfect. And then also chocolate chip cookies. Another vote for that. Um, what did you have? So... One of my favorite ones is shallots uh, sautéing in butter. And it's a very... I remember we went to go see a play about Julia Child. And as the audience was coming in, someone behind the scenes was sautéing shallots Oh, my God, I remember that. And it was the cleverest... Because it Most just filled that theater. Yes, it absolutely yeah. just set the, sa- set the stage. And it's such a delicious smell. Oh, my God. Like, I totally forgot about that. I can't you believe that. you would forget about that. Well, I, you know, it's not something I would lay awake thinking about it. But <laughs> you, you don't have you just steel, reminded me. You don't have the steel trap. No, like that's I a do. that's a great one. <laughs> what else you got? Um, the smell of a cooking steak. Mm. Like something in me just gets so excited when I smell it and it automatically makes me hungry. I think I think that's kind of like the primal. You said hungry. Uh, hungry. Okay. All right. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> just, just okay. double checking. Oh, oh, you're clarifying. Yep. OK, yep. well, I'm, I mean, it could make me whatever. <laughs> and also the smell of vanilla cake. OK. Like, uh, it's very specifically vanilla cake. Okay. I can smell it. Uh-huh. I can picture it. Nice. What about you? Um, I will second the meat on a grill or smoker. <sighs> yes. Like anytime I smoke something and you get that mixture of, of like the meat, you know, that you can smell mixed with just that that smoke from the the wood chips is are just, you are oh, you kidding me my man. favorite thing to do is like to go down and stand in front of the smoker yep. so i get that stink on me yep. i'm just like oh <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's uh it's assertive because like yeah. if, if i'm out there working the smoker all throughout the day like i'll wake up the next day and if, and if i if i hadn't showered before i went to bed like i can still have that smoke smell on me and then i'll go to the gym and i'll be sweating and there'll be like smoke <laughs> coming off of me we have a neighbor two doors down who they grill a lot but they grill during the day like mm-hmm. they grill during lunchtime and i'm always just like you are killing me with yep. these smells i i can't i'm it's making me so hungry yep um, I got yeah. a few more for you. Okay, give it to me. Uh, freshly baked bread. Mm. Anytime I bake bread and mm. it just fills the house with mm. that aroma. So good. 
Uh, grilled onions too. Like anytime I like grill or saute onions. Um, Wait, so are we talking grilled or sauteed specifically? Because what? you don't really. Uh, here's your thing. You like to say grill for a lot of things. I'm uh-huh. going to school you on what you say. <laughs> so Johnny, what, okay. Johnny likes to. Wait, 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 back up. What What does grilled onions connotate like for you? Grill. You put it on the grill. Well, no, of course not, because they'd fall through the grates. <laughs> I know, but you will be like, let's we're gonna grill up some onions, but you're not grilling it, you're cooking it in a pan. Okay. Sure. So sauteed onions. Sure, sauteed onions. <laughs> it's this thing Happy. He, he always does it, he'll always be like, We'll grill up some onions. I'm like, saute some onions. I mean, it's uh, not oh, <laughs> it's a generic term that I think it is, is applied. It absolutely is not. It's become it's a generic term no. that is like applied. In those situations. No, it is not. Sure it what is. What are you talking about? It's kind of like saying Kleenex or something. Well, grilling is not like a catch-all cooking term. Sure it's it a is. V- no, it is not. It's a very, very specific cooking method. Oh. Please, got the, got the someone. Cooking, got the cooking please police back over me here. up here. Like, it is a very specific. Just like saute is a very. Sure. Breeze. Grill. Sauteed onions. Poach. Can I continue? Sure. Sautéed onions. Okay. <laughs> and then I, I want to give an honorable mention. <laughs> Our kitchen is just located like adjacent to the stairway that goes up to the second floor of our house and so yes. if, if i'm up on the second floor and there's some cooking going on that aroma just like goes right up that stairway and it just fills the whole second floor with with that smell we call and, it the flavor chimney yes. and so shout out to the flavor chimney yes we will miss you flavor chimney yes we will um so yeah okay those are mine um, you want to dive into the book? Let's do Good it. Good old shook. Uh, for those of you unaware, a shook is defined as an open air marketplace, or this is my favorite description, a lively maze of stalls selling all manner of vegetables and fruits, spices, meats and fish, breads and baked goods, olives and pickles, cheeses and yogurts, dried fruits and nuts, vibrant herbs plus cafes, food vendors, and restaurants. Not unlike the global marketplace that we will be living in the same building of. So there will definitely be uh, some exploring of that going on. But that's, uh, at its essence, what this book is about. And uh, Victoria, do you think you could get a carburetor for a Dodge Dart at a Shook? Well, no, but I also have to say, listen to me. I'm just contradicting you all over the place. What about a Golden Girls t-shirt? I don't know. Bulking hammer? Would you shut up? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how much... I haven't looked at the shopping situation at the the global marketplace. I don't know if there's like a lot of shopping. It's more food vendors. Yes. But it falls into that category. Yeah, I guess. There was... But but uh, there is... There, there was one vendor that had produce and and stuff for sale, like kind of specialized, yeah. uh, like pa- pantry ingredient kind of things, yes. which I'm kind of excited to explore and check out. But so, I don't know if there's going to be like an abundance of I think like it, produce. I think it follows the very loose definition of sugar. Okay, I'll give it to you. <laughs> oh, I won one. All right. Uh, yeah. So th- uh, that's what this book is kind of at its heart. Uh, exploring mm-hmm. um israeli cuisine maybe more broadly middle eastern although i'm I'm trying to kind of stray from using that term because i just think it's such a catch-all it's for like saying asian it, cuisine yeah you it's know, lazy like, it is because it, it encompasses so much and um it's not a it's it's kind of a vague description of of something yeah. so uh israeli cuisine but uh it may surprise some to learn that there's over 60 ethnic communities that make up the Jewish population of Israel. Um, so it really is kind of a melting pot of tastes and traditions. Um, the book itself has over 130 recipes, um, focusing on these ingredients. Um, anything else to say about Kind of the overview of the book? No, I think we should talk about what we made. Yeah, let's do it. All right, so I'll just go down, give a list of what we made, and then we'll 
deep dive into them. Uh, we did Israeli salad, uh, hummus in pituriot. <laughs> Which I'm, is hummus with savory mushrooms. Yes. Uh, challah stuffed with mushroom, leeks, and za'atar. Sabbage salad. And then we finished with the spicy fish in cherry tomato and harissa sauce. Oh, you missed one. What did I miss? Whole cauliflower <gasps> buried in embers. That was a good one. I did. Yes, we did that too. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's start with the Israeli salad, which is kind of ubiquitous throughout this region. So every, uh, you know, whether it's Israeli, Palestinian, and beyond, they all have a variation of like a tomato and cucumber-based chopped salad. Yeah. Which so is and, what this is. And there, there are like, like you said, so many variations, like and, kohlrabi. And debate about what's the best. Yes. And what should go in them. And and um, basically these salads are used as like a condiment topping, like side dish, whatever, you know. As like, well as being eaten for meals. Yes. So... Um, Very versatile. So, I mean, we had ours with a as a side with a Cubano salad. It was um, a cross cross cultural mashup. Yeah, and uh, I for the one that we made, it it was a pretty simple and straightforward version. It was um, red bell pepper, red onion, uh, carrot, some parsley, mint, lemon juice. And sumac, which made it like really nice. The lemon juice and the sumac just gave it this mm-hmm. like nice zingy tang. Um, the herbs are kind of essential when composing the salad. It's got to be like very herbaceous. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Anything else to say about that? No, it's a pretty straightforward. I love that we had it with a Cubano sandwich, though. <laughs> <laughs> I think we did. We posted a recipe on our Instagram for the Cubano sandwich because it was kind of our ver- version of it. And uh, so it really was just this like. <laughs> we did. Oh, Cubano and sandwich and Israeli salad. And also the bowl that we took the photo of the salad in was left at our house after like a dinner party. And we seriously asked All a lot attendees. of people yeah. whose bowl is this and now it's ours <laughs> is that is that is a good sign that no one wanted to claim it or not i don't know maybe they were like that bowl is ugly as fuck i'm not but it wasn't ugly <laughs> that's the cute, thing yeah. yeah but it's now instagram famous yep yeah. contacted sagent if yep. you if you want it back because yep. you know, it, it's worth a lot of money now it's it's got work to do yep <laughs> hey should we talk this Hummus with savory mushrooms? We can talk about it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so this, while we were working through this book, it kind of corresponded to our visit to a local place here in Chicago, Windy City Mushrooms, where they do all these kind of sustainable grown mushrooms like in their building mm-hmm. uh, on kind of the west side of Chicago. Um and we went there, did a tour. They were very gracious, very generous. They showed us around. And then we left with a couple different kinds of mushrooms. I think we bought like three different varieties. Yeah, like yeah. Pepino and some oyster trumpet, king trumpet, mm-hmm. king oyster. And that definitely kind of influenced our recipe selection because it there was a couple did, different yeah. mushroom dishes in the book that we decided to, to give a try. And uh, this was the first one. And it was great. We, man, we've made hummus so many times. Mm-hmm. I mean. You know there, what? I, go ahead. Well, there's like so many variations that you can do of it. Like just recently we made like a pesto hummus. Yep. Um, but uh, and here's the thing about this recipe. Unless you're feeding a huge group of people, I highly recommend having it because we halved it. Yeah. And we... Still have a lot. Johnny was making flatbreads. Yes. For several days. Well, we'll talk about that when we get to the rankings, but I don't know if you noticed, like most of the recipes within the book either served four to six 
or like eight to ten or six to eight. Like it was a it was a larger amount yes. than most cookbooks that we feature. Yes, I, that I might feature like two to four or something like that. So yeah, because we ended up having like a lot. How having? Yes, it, it sounds like I'm saying having, <laughs> but we ended up cutting them in half. Yeah. So for this <laughs> recipe, we used a piapino variety. Um, which is kind of a long, thin-stemmed mushroom that has a, like a fleshy and firm texture and almost a floral aroma. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually dried, uh, soaked the dried chickpeas overnight. So mm-hmm. I, that was another thing, too. Like I think the book kind of gives you options depending on the recipe where you know you could just as easily use the canned chickpeas. Yeah. But I think it really does try and encourage people to make as much as possible from scratch mm-hmm. and not take shortcuts. But you could certainly do that if time was an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, what else on this? Um, well, once we made the hum- I mean, the hummus was very standard. It was like... It was very tasty and fresh. Yeah. And then, so you make your hummus and then you take your mushrooms and you saute them with a little bit of garlic, rosemary, thyme, and cumin. And then those get put in the center of the hummus and you garnish it with some paprika and some whole chickpeas and some parsley. Maybe toss a little bit of olive oil on top of there and serve it's it up a with beautiful looking plate. It's gorgeous. Until and I dig my greedy paws into it <laughs> and destroy it. We make we, a mess out of it. We went ham on that. Oh, so good. Yes. Mm. Um it was great. I mean, I could have just ate that by itself. I mean, we we actually had like some grilled pita bread with it. But. I think we had we actually had like hummus and pita bread for lunch the following day. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> so good. Um, the next thing we did was challah stuffed with mushrooms, leeks, and za'atar. Um, I love challah. Challah is one of my challah. Yeah, challah is one of my favorite breads. And it was another mushroom dish. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, we use blue oyster, which is uh, kind of an interesting upgrade from the brown button variety. That was how it was described on the website. Okay. So yeah. Um. So you, what happens with this dish is you uh, saute the mushrooms and leeks, and then let them cool down, and then they. Uh, that gets encased in like ropes of bread. You fill you fill like dough, and then uh, you end up braiding them. And I was I I have to say I was very was kind of disappointed with the level of filling in them. But I mean, if you compare like w- the photo in the book. It, you would have liked more? Yes. Okay. Um, this was kind of similar to a bread that I made from the Sababa cookbook by Adina Sussman. And I ha- I actually have to say I like that one better. Okay. Um, I really was wanting some like feta cheese or like some like some kind of cheese in there. You came in at the last minute and saved Christmas. I, you were like the bread ninja. It was just braiding. I mean... Because if left to my end devices, I would have had a pretty... <laughs> It would have been really, really gnarly looking. And I'm like, I can braid my hair behind my head so I can braid some bread. Yep. You weren't (laughs) wrong. Um, But I mean, it was it was great. It was delicious. But I really I I do have to say I I like I marginally like this. No, I do like the Sababa one a lot better just because there was cheese in there. Yes. Uh, brush with a little egg wash Mm -hmm. and then you sprinkle it uh, pretty generously with uh, sesame and poppy seeds as well as za'atar. If you saw the picture on the gram, it's beautiful. It's like nice golden brown. Um, The recipe yields two loaves, which we were not mad at. Nope. I think we froze one of them. We did, but I think I think we pretty much ate like three quarters of the loaf. You need to make two loaves. I know. Because you'll eat one while you're like hanging out that day yeah um oh this was a good one whole cauliflower buried in embers mm-hmm. you want to get in touch with your inner like survivalist this dish is for you or just if you like to camp yep <laughs> uh i mean the most time consuming step of this was building a fire right i mean once you have that you just 
wrap some uh, cauliflower up in tinfoil. Oh, and we use the orange. We use an orange cauliflower. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it gets uh, coated with uh, some honey and uh, garlic, olive oil, herbs. Some look, we use rosemary, thyme and oregano. Um, I mean, anyone who does campfire cooking is probably familiar with this technique. Yeah, they're probably and, like, you freaking amateurs. Yeah, I mean, you can do this with anything. Potatoes, Brussels sprouts. I mean... We've had fire pit potatoes before. They were terrible. They, they were, got left in there way too long. Yeah, they went too long. I time. think we were just like too much in our you gotta, wine. You got to check them because that <laughs> fire is like as hot as Satan's butthole, <laughs> as, as you say. Yeah. <laughs> It does not take long to cook these things, so you can't leave them in there for like an hour while you're like <laughs> You end out. up with like burnt briquettes. Which is not good. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, it was, it was great. It was kind of a fun thing to shoot. We, we made a whole like night out of it and it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, next thing we made was the sabbage salad. Oh, yeah. Um, it, well, it called for this, uh, called like for an, Amba aioli and which Amba is like pickled uh it's like the sauce made from pickled mango. Yes. We could not find it. Nope. So we we kind of um God, I feel like I'm really just talking a lot. No. Are you sure? No. Okay. It's a welcome break for me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um and for our listeners probably too. So we we uh mixed some amateur which is uh, it's like a dried mango powder, and it's it's very tart. So I figured like you would get like it, it would approximate like pickled mango. This was probably the one recipe where it had a very specific ingredient that we just were not able to mm-hmm. source. Yeah. Um, but I feel like we were pretty successful in approximating. Yes. It yeah, because based used, on the description and yeah. the flavor profile and stuff, I, I thought we'd succeeded. Amateur honey, um, and then all the the different spices. Yeah. It. it yeah. And uh, but it called it called for an aioli. We don't like mayo, so we mixed it into some yogurt. Yeah. And, per usual. Yeah. And um, the the salad actually had um, chickpeas and cherry tomatoes and some fried eggplant. Was it grilled or fried? It was fried. <laughs> it was fried. And then you uh, garnished it with cilantro. Yes. And a little bit of lemon squeezed over it. Um, and I, I believe we made, we let our eggs be a little bit less cooked so that the yolks were a little bit more runny. That's right. I forgot it had eggs in it. Yeah, because it calls for like medium boiled eggs. Yeah. And we went more with like the, it was just under the like hair I'm of medium. I'm still perfecting my like different egg, you know, hard boiled, soft boiled. No, I think you're egg. very good at it. Yeah. I, I, If I remember correctly, it was a very conscious choice to like leave them jammy okay. because it makes for a good photo. Sure. So I'll take it. You you better take it. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and then lastly, spicy fish in cher- in cherry tomato and harissa sauce. I have to say, this was my favorite. Samezies. Oh my god! When we like dug into it, I was. Well, it was like this perfect combination of both sweet and spicy. Like it was it, it really had, sweet and it, it was like a nice really heat level spicy. To it. Yeah. it was so good. Um, it called for a white fish. We ended up using um, Basa. Once again. Once again. It's yep. like our go-to fish. If you haven't uh, discovered the, the greatness of Basa, check it out. I mean, maybe other people might not have access to this we just happen to have a a local store that we frequent that always seems to have it it's really affordable well it was it was suggested in a um, i want to say it was oh it was a chilean book that we did okay and uh the author suggested using basa and, and it's, where it's been our go-to yes. ever, if you need a nice sturdy white fish affordable delicious white fish this is our choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically you make your harissa cherry tomato sauce. Um, 
There was a lot. This made a huge. We actually did have leftovers for this. I know because, well, you know, going back to the beginning of the show when we were like listing our house for sale and showing it to prospective buyers, I believe we, (laughs) this dish was left over. And I believe when uh, our house was under contract and they had the home inspection and I had to kind of hang out and be be present for that, I think there was like a dish left over that I just kind of threw in the oven, which contradicts like everything that we believe in. I know. Well, we've ranted, you know, endlessly about reheating seafood the next day. And I went and did it and it was delicious. But you didn't see the thing is I, you didn't reheat it in the microwave. No. in in a break room. Yes. With my coworkers. Yes. Which is a, if you do it, if people. you do this, you are an asshole, and yep. I'm unapologetic about saying that because it is so gross. Workplace etiquette. It is so gross. Yep. Um, did you heat it don't, up? Don't bring one of those like durian fruits into the break room either, and start like <laughs> munching on that. Someone will be like, "What well, smells like dirty diaper?" Yep. Um, did you heat it all the way through, or was it still kind of tepid? No, it, I I heated it through. Okay. It was it was it was proper temperature okay and, I, and it was it was great it's uh, i mean i guess it, it reheated just fine but i have to say this i've fell in love with this dish oh it was so yeah, good it was great um we did have to cook the fish in a separate pan and then kind of add it to the simmering sauce mixture prior to serving because it just wouldn't fit there was so much of it well yeah and we, and we reduced the recipe too yeah and part of that was like trying to be able to get it set up for a photo too yes you know in a way that would be attractive so we're just like "Eh, yeah we'll just do the fish separately and then finish it the special challenges we face and i think because we have to photograph yeah if i remember correctly we ended up splitting it up into two different cast iron pans we did yeah just there was so much of it there was so much of it and it was even after reducing the recipe yeah so well there you go that's that's what we mean. That's our story. We're sticking to it. So um, go ahead. Before we dive into our own rankings, we will uh, discuss the most critical Amazon review. And perhaps it's no surprise. There was only one. Um, it was a one out of five stars. There mm-hmm. were no two or three star reviews. So this book overwhelmingly has like almost all like positive rave reviews. That's which, great. And I would I'm not surprised. No. It's a great book. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to read the review? Sure. Um, <laughs> this is from Ja. Uh, one out of five stars. Not impressed. Much better books on Israeli cuisine than this one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you say so. Yeah. Sure. I, he should have suggested some. Right? Because otherwise I feel like he's just telling tales. That's just like somebody being like, you're doing it wrong. Yep. And then offering no follow-up advice. Yep. Well, our opinion differed. Yes. And we'll jump into that now. Uh, We'll share our rankings, starting with food photography and styling. Victoria, hit me. What you got? I gave it a five because it felt so lively to me. Um, The food was not like fussy or overstyled. Like the food in the photos was Mm -hmm. not fussy or overstyled. And I feel like... A lot of times the photos were like of something that you would get at a food stall. And there were also gorgeous photos of produce, mm-hmm. um, um, lots of uh, photos of people and like human. I like to, I don't know, I guess I call them human interest things. Mm-hmm. Um just photos uh, at markets. Um, it was very vibrantly colored. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I really loved it. this. I feel like the photos really, really conveyed. They did the purpose. They <laughs> mission accomplished. Yes, <laughs> yes, like it conveyed perfectly what these markets are like and sure. what the food is like and like the energy of it. Yeah. So, yes. Great. What did you say? I gave it a five as well. And it's funny because we used a lot of the same uh, words and and terms. Uh, 
the photographs, I, I think it's Quentin Bacon, which I know we've done other books mm-hmm. that he's been involved in, but it was uh, rustic, unfussy preparation and styling. Mm-hmm. A lot of the dishes and flatware almost had like a vintage kind of distressed quality to them. I don't know if they were actually vintage or if they were just made to look that way, but um, it looked like something that had been like passed down from generations or, or used many a time. Oh, yeah. Stuff that was like. So if there happened to be like some chips in it or fading finish in it, you know, who cares? You know, right? I mean, it, it, it reflects this type of cuisine. Um, lively photos, like you said on location at the market that really kind of transport you there. And I felt like I was there. Um, all of the food photos for the recipes were like very appealing and appetizing. Yes. Like it really made me hungry. To like I didn't feel like there were brown food photos. That's this kind is, of a catch all for me for like. This is not a boring brown not, type of food. Yeah. Like. It was gorgeous. Everything's very fresh and herbaceous and vibrant, and and it was reflected in those photos. So, yeah, well done. I think that's where this book really excels. Mm -hmm. Um, Design and layout. What'd you give it? I gave it a four. Okay. Um, Scattered throughout the book are profiles on different ingredients, such as uh, pomegranate or cauliflower or eggplant. And so it it would kind of break, that down a little bit and kind of like give you the the backstory on it and have like a nice photo of it um there were also different shook locations mm-hmm. throughout the region that were profiled and then they'd have like uh you know suggestions or recommendations on their favorite vendors at the shook um i thought that was fun i would be curious to know like how many of those places and vendors are still around because this was this came out in 2019 mm-hmm. so obviously pre-pandemic and um, I imagine a lot has changed yeah. since then. So um, it'd be interesting to, to research that. Um, I thought the recipe format was well done and easy to interpret. Um, as we mentioned earlier, though, that all the portion sizes in the book are either like serves four to six or serves six to eight. I even saw some like eight to ten. So you'll probably need to reduce the recipe if you're dining solo or cooking as a couple like we did. Um, and you don't want a huge amount of leftovers. We're not afraid of leftovers, but we don't want three days worth of leftovers. So no. Um, but I think the design and layout could be interpreted as a little disjointed, just due to all of this extra material that's kind of scattered within. Um, but I do feel that it kind of serves a real, uh, a really good purpose in like educating you. About it absolutely the does. But I can see how some people might find it a little bit kind of schizophrenic to use like a yeah d- no non politically correct term. But I get, uh, no, I get it. Yeah. Um, how about you? I gave it a five. Okay. Um, first of all, there is like fourteen chapters, and they get they tend to get very specific. Like, yes. There's um, one whole chapter on couscous. There's one whole chapter on like stuffed stuff. Um, there's like flatbreads. Stuff. Yeah, like stuffed peppers. Yeah. And so, yeah. And the, you know, there's there's uh, like you said, the informational pages in there. Mm-hmm. I I just, I've really felt like. They did a very good job of sticking um, education into there. Sure. So. It seemed really important for them to kind of explain the backstory. Yes. Behind this this concept, which I appreciated. Well, yeah. 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 Like, I, I think some people who maybe just want to cook recipes might find it off-putting or, or like unnecessary or something I agree. But yeah, yeah yeah i agree with you on that but for me personally yeah i love that that information was there yes um degree of difficulty i gave it a two okay i didn't i didn't i love that there were lots of variations offered in some recipes mm-hmm. like you can you know i've i believe on one page or like in there were like four different variations on two pages of 
I don't remember what recipe it was, but the, you know, there was a, there's a huge amount of, uh, variations. None of the, you know how sometimes you'll look at a recipe and you'll be like, wait, why are they doing it that way? Like the method seems unsound or confusion. Yeah. Like there was none of this. No, there, I thought the recipe format that. was like, really well done and it was, it was very easy to interpret. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of this food has loads of spices so that the, the ingredient list looks bigger than what it is. But yeah. I mean, really you're just throwing like a bit of this, a bit of that, a right. bit of this, you know, right. like it's, it's not that big of a deal. Yes. Um, so yeah, I gave it a two. Okay, um, I gave it a three. Okay, I think it was a pretty even mix of both easy and more complex recipes, depending on what you chose. Um, yeah, I get that. We oh, didn't really do any. We didn't. I no. mean, and, and that's just our choice. Um, many of the items can be store bought, which would make the recipes easier, obviously, or you can make them from scratch if you want. You know, more authentic, advanced. Uh, technique um, you know like the lebna comes to mind the tahini the pita bread like you can make all that stuff from scratch mm-hmm. if you choose and there's instructions and recipes in there within the book to do that but if you want to take the shortcut um, and, which is and, perfectly fine yeah you know and, and so it's the difference between maybe soaking chickpeas overnight and just grabbing a can yeah and either one mm-hmm. is going to produce like fine results um, but it just depends on you know what your what your time and schedule is, um, but I thought there were recipes for every occasion and skill level, and mm-hmm. I thought it you know solid three. Okay. So yeah. All right. And then taste. I gave it a five. Yes. I thought. I mean, like sometimes you'll tweak a recipe and be like, oh, I'll add a little like half tea more like a half teaspoon more of this or of this spice or whatever. Mm-hmm. But like I really didn't feel like we had to do that at all no. for this book. Like everything was so, it was very well spiced. It was very delicious. Um, I feel like the recipes were like super accurate with, with like the spicing and get man, out of my head. Oh my God. That fish <laughs> just killed me. I loved it so much. Yeah, I mean, I gave it a five as well. All right. And I had the same thing. You know, I, I echo your comments. I uh, thoroughly enjoyed everything that we made. I thought the recipes seemed very well tested and accurate. And aside from substituting a few hard to source ingredients, like we discussed earlier, we didn't really experience any issues. We Mm-mm. didn't have to make any adjustments, um, which is not always the case with yeah. some of the books we've worked through. So this this was great. All right. I super enjoyed this book. I did as well. All right. Good talk. So if you enjoy the show, please rank and review us. Um, You can follow us on the socials at uh, we underscore cook underscore books. That's our Instagram. And our Facebook is at we cook books. All right. You know what time it is. Make me laugh. All right. Of course. Every time. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Did you hear about the guy who took a job uh, as a pizza chef? He needed the dough. <laughs> right? That's so dumb. But, but yet funny. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. All right, everyone. Have a great week. Bye. Stay hungry. 